Sunday, the 18th of November, the festive season is rapidly approaching, and we're bringing you the gift of another 90 minutes-ish of quasi-wrestling-related banter and coughing, uh, courtesy of your friends here at the Chair Shot Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Barry Murphy, joined, as always, by my ever-dependable co-hosts, my little elves. First of all, Mr. Paul Griffin. How are you, Barry? Yeah, right. not too bad. I'm alright. I'm alright. I'm you know I'm soldiering on, soldiering on. Uh, is it just the two of us tonight, or just the two of us? We I completely make... forgot about that. It's I actually now that I, as I as I asked the question, I realized. Oh wait, no, actually, yeah, there is no Joe this week. Um, he did he did flag that with us, as it were. Um, yeah. So yeah, just just the two of us here. Uh, uh, Tony is is away on assignment. Um. I don't know what the assignment is, but we'll, we'll, we'll assume he is. Um, and we have some. Uh, oh my goodness! Who is who is unwell in your in your vicinity, Paul? Uh, that's that's the guinea pigs. Oh, oh, they need to probably go get an inhaler or something. Um, you know. Yeah. But anyway. Yeah. Uh, so we got a, a hell of a show lined up here. We got some wrestle guffs to talk about. We got various other guffs that we always talk about. Yeah. And also we're going to kick things off here with a little bit of the old life guff. Because I got back there about an hour ago from the uh, ceremony in Limerick City Centre of the turning on of the Christmas lights. Um, you you go um, to that quite often, I believe. Uh, uh, once a year, as it were, actually, funnily enough. Well, um, what, I'm, what I mean by that is I don't think I've ever gone to a turning on of a Christmas lights. Yeah, and the funny thing is, it's not especially good or entertaining. Is, is, it's, the, but it's, is there at least like a kind of fun fair atmosphere where maybe you can buy some food or... Not really, and I kind of wish there was. So uh, in previous years, I, I had gone with Kira, and, and we would like get hot chocolates and stuff like Starbucks and right, stuff like right, that. Right. And, then, and then go out into the city and, and, and watch the lights come on. Uh, and there's like musical acts sometimes and celebrity appearances but it is missing yeah it's missing you know there should be you know because i'm trying to work out what the appeal is why why would you would go well the appeal is just going you know and seeing the lights going on that's kind of the appeal and they have right. like they have like very child-friendly entertainers there as well so it's it's just a wash with families and kids on shoulders and things like that okay. um but this year it's just me and my roommate and we went we went to uh to it and again it was very much. I I was kind of thinking, yeah, I could go for some, you know, there should be stalls here selling hot chocolate and snacks and things like that for fun because they close off like the main street in Limerick, like and yeah. there's there were signs up all week saying you know restricted parking, you cannot be here uh, between nine a.m. and nine p.m. on on Sunday the eighteenth. Um, so they they close off a big street, they put up a big stage, they put up giant LEDs up and down the street they had the cast of frozen i'm assuming the actual cast of frozen uh they're singing songs and 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 whatnot the mayor was there there was some other celebrity like very minor celebrity guests um but yeah there's nothing really to it other than it's kind of feels like it's the kickstart to the festive season you know that's that's yeah. pretty i think we had a similar thing here i'm not sure whether it was turning on of the lights or what it was but 
um on main street there was music playing there was people queuing i heard uh all i want for christmas is you was on and fairytale new york was on and all that uh, that was that was the, the other thing is that I, this was genuinely the first time this year i've heard the christmas songs they, well they... i mean a lot of the uh like your vh1s and your mtvs have already wheeled out the mtv christmas uh channel which I think has been going since the since since twenty three fifty nine on Halloween, um, that's been going. So I've actually, as I kind of breeze through the music channels, I've heard my fair share of Christmas songs already. Peter Andre's Christmas hits or whatever. I don't know if he ever had one. It's funny because it's like I am. Um, I don't have any traditional telly set up uh, here, right. but also because that because I don't drive or anything, I never listen to the radio anymore it's yeah, yeah. my uh, for someone who has my headphones in 100 almost 100 percent of the time i'm out in public uh, it's it's revolving between podcasts and spotify so i can't that, that's the, the same for me that's the same for me um yeah oh yeah sure neither of us drive i suppose yeah so no so it, it was literally after they turned on the lights the the lights went on the fire they had fireworks as well which were very nice and they were not over the top they were they were kind of they were not extremely loud it was just kind of a yeah. nice Kind of put a little sprinkle into the air. Almost. There was just a man in a Santa suit with some sparklers running around. <laughs> there was there was a very very unfunny Santa on stage uh, saying, "Oh, I saw Jack Frost earlier. He's a cool fellow." And I was like, "Oh boy, whose dad is this?" They got the Batman uh, and Robin screenwriter in to do his. Oh, jokes. it was very much that kind of stuff. But yeah, and then um, and then kind of as the festivities were ending, they. Um, uh, they were playing Christmas songs. So yeah, I, I kind of like it as the kickoff of the festive season. But me and my roommate showed up about 20 minutes before the uh, the lights went on. And let me tell you, I could not fathom being there. <laughs> it, was, it, it was like an OTT show. You're in the queue for the lights. You're to get the good seats. It was like, I could not fathom being there earlier than that. Because if, if these people were there for an hour or two listening to this fucking Santa and, and watching karaoke videos of Frozen, which, is what I, well, which was also on when we were there. My God. But you know, the city looks very nice. Um, and it's nice to see the big crowds. Everyone's having fun. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was uh, that was about the that was about the peak of my excitement this week. Very good. Uh, uh, yeah. So uh, that that was it really. What about yourself? What anything going on there in the old uh, Griff household? Um, I was watching the rugby yesterday. I'm not a big rugby guy. You'd be shocked to hear. But uh, Ireland were playing New Zealand. We were over in my parents' house. My dad was watching the rugby, so I was sitting down with him. And uh, ooh, that were a good match. Ireland, Ireland uh, beat New Zealand for the first time in Dublin. And uh, yeah, it was. I, I got real into it for some reason. Um, don't expect that to continue. I probably won't be watching the next Ireland game. But I don't know. I think with some of these sports, whether it's rugby, uh, the ga, the hurling, um, sometimes when I actually sit down and watch it, I, I tend to enjoy it for whatever reason, without necessarily being that into i didn't know who a lot of the players were yeah but it was still good and ireland won so there you go um otherwise i've been unwell during the week oh no yeah um just i don't know whether it's a bug that's going around because apparently i'm not the only person who's had this this illness this week and it was quite quick it's it's come and gone I'm, i'm more or less better already but uh yeah a bit of an iffy tummy Shooting, uh, shooting illness out both ends without getting any more graphic. Oh, oh, yeah, that's plenty. Thanks. Um, 
But I'm all right now. Don't worry, Barry. Thanks for the well wishes. Um, uh, no, I, I, well, well, as you say yourself, you sound fine. I'm worried about poor Nat there in the background. She She's got a bit of a cough. Yeah. Yeah. Poor girl. Uh, you know. I'm taking care of her. She, she, all right. Uh, well, she's got you. She's got you there to, to uh, tend to her. You know, I don't say wounds. She, I hope she doesn't have a wound. Um, have you had any but, wounds, uh, sweetie? Are you wounded? Only emotionally. Only emotionally wounded. <laughs> oh, that's not funny at all. I'll do um, my best to tend to that, sir. <clears throat> um, yeah. Otherwise, apart from that, I mean, yeah, we were during the week. I was ill, as I say. I only missed three hours of work. To give myself some credit, okay? I did not miss even half a day of work. I only missed three days, three hours of work. Where I did go home a little bit early one day. That was it. But I was right back in the office the next day. Um, and then, yeah, we went down to the parents' house the weekend because I need to catch up on NXT TV with uh, my brother, who I watch it with. Uh, because there was a takeover uh, yesterday evening. And I was four episodes of NXT TV behind. So we watched four episodes of NXT back to back to back to back. Um, and then we watched TakeOver in the evening. So that was fun. Um, yeah, I think apart from that, not really any major any major news to report that I can think of. Quiet week, so at the, uh, at the, uh, the Griff House. Quiet week at the Griff House, yeah. I uh, I suppose I didn't really have anything other than anything else noticeable uh, this week. Uh, I got my uh, Christmas club savings from work, which I have diligently been squirreling away for the holidays, even though I'm not doing anything for the hol- holidays and I don't have a lot of gifts to buy. Okay. Uh, it was it's it's you know they they call it the Christmas club, but it's like my de facto savings. It's it's most likely going on my like sixteen carat. Um, uh, weekend, uh, so that was probably my o- only my major purchase this week. Um, mm. with, that, with that money, was I actually bought the actual tickets? I, I had my accommodation and flights. Yeah. And now I got my tickets, so I'm all excited for that. Yeah, well, enjoy, yeah. enjoy. You you, uh, you made a very good recommendation to me in the week, Barry. I did. Yeah, to jump uh, ahead a little bit to music off here. Let me just do music off now. Absolutely, yeah. I'm done with life off. So yeah, uh, Barry in the week, I got well, I got a little tweet notification in the week from at the Barry lad saying oh Patch, you should you should check out this uh frank fields uh for music of i did listen to it. i i i, I kind of said yeah all right, check check it out I'll listen to it on the way home from work because i have uh, a bit of a commute home from work <clears throat> so listen to it on the way home uh listen to listen to it three times through <laughs> Once it finished, I went back to the beginning, listened to it again. Yeah. And then listened to it a third time. And I, yeah. I, I, I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed it. So Frank Fields, uh, Underside is the name of the EP. Where did you find this from? Was it re- uh, recommended to you by someone else? Or did you come through in a another way? This was a uh, Spotify Discover Weekly inclusion. Okay. Which, uh, you know, Spotify Discover Weekly, it has some weeks where I'm like, eh. There's literally nothing in this 20-song playlist you put together for me that I like. But generally speaking, I think it's a great feature, and I think it's a great way to to find you know new artists and, and things like that. Yeah. Uh, I think it was uh, I'ma Be a Star was the song that was in my... Um, 
Yeah. Uh, my Discover Weekly. I played that and I was like, ooh, this slaps, as the kids say. Um, so I, I checked out the album and it's, it is an EP. It's like four songs connected by a couple of skits. It's the quickest listen imaginable. Um uh, uh, and I, I listened to it and I was like, this is fantastic. Uh, I checked out his social media. He has barely any social media followers of any uh, note at all. So it really is. I mean, it really yeah, kind of. His YouTube videos have about 15,000 views. Which is, which is all right. And then his social media has like, his, his Twitter has like 40 followers and oh, like 30 on Facebook. Well, you know, that's, that's the, the joy of being an unsigned you know, rap artist. I'm sure he's he's doing all right in other other areas because you know, the, like you said, the YouTube videos are doing all right, which is, which is you know a, a, an interesting market on its own. But yeah, I mean, uh, I I think I think that's a, a really handy tool for discovering things. You might you might go weeks on end without any, finding anything proper great, but I do try and at least once a week uh, make you know you know segment off one one part of the commute to listen to that and uh, uh see if it throws up anything interesting but yeah frank feels really good doesn't have any other stuff out at the moment it is just that one ep and a couple of other little uh, well, that is it, that's a 2018 ep to be fair so as well yeah so um well yeah i'm, I'm glad you enjoyed it i thought you would it's, you know, i really it's i really enjoyed it i think i don't know i can't quite put my finger on why i kind of enjoyed it as much as i did um i think okay i think okay is probably my favorite track on it just, really? okay. just because musically it's so kind of out there, it's it's got kind of a like a music box sound to it. It's quite strange. I, I think I think in general it's very unique sounding. It kind of has a U.S. answer to like the U.K. grime scene feel about it. It's it's a little bit, yeah, a little downtrodden, a little grungy, you know. Uh, well, I, I mean the. What's the name of the like lead single off? It is underside. I don't think it really has a lead single, to be honest. Well, the one there's uh, one that has an actual video made. Okay. Um, I think it's underside. Is that the name of the song? I think so. Yeah. Um, that one's definitely more kind of aggressively grungy, almost. Yeah. And then some of the other ones are quite like light and interesting, but like good in their own way. Yeah, I was really impressed by it. And I've actually listened to him again today, so maybe one to, one to keep an eye on. Hopefully, you know we get more stuff. Hopefully, hopefully so. he catches on. Yeah, um, uh, anyone listening to this who likes the old hippity hop, absolutely. Frank Fields underside. A big thumbs up from from the two hop heads here on the uh, the the old uh, CSP. Yeah, well, I say Barry's definitely more of a, a hip hop fan than I am, but even from me as a not big hip hop guy, I thought it was great. So. Mm. Um, big thumbs up did anyone else pop in any uh, 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 music for you this week or just that no I think um, have I listened to much music apart from that I'm not sure I think no <laughs> I mean I, I'm not relying solely on other people to rec- recommend stuff to me either I'm trying to find stuff myself but yeah that was definitely the pick of the week I don't remember anything else new. I really listened to that much but it was great Very alrighty good. Very good. Uh, we can uh, jump into our other guffs here as well while we're on the move. Uh, I don't really have much by way of telegoff. I finished Hill House. I chatted about that uh, last week. I um, jumping back in to Daredevil season three, uh, and it's it's very good. Uh, it's like I, like I mentioned when I started watching it there a few weeks ago. It feels uh, back to form after uh, season two. 
season two was wishy-washy, but also I feel like in general, the Netflix Marvel stuff uh, started to kind of wobble and come off the tracks a little bit with Iron Fist and Defenders and the the, the buzz that they had when they first came out really disintegrated. But uh, you're bouncing back a little bit with this one. Mm. Uh, but I don't, have, I don't have much else to say. I'm still only, I'm not, I'm not even halfway through, but... Uh, yeah, if you, if you if you're like myself and your interest waned in this stuff, I would uh, I'd I'd say jump back in for sure. Uh, what about yourself? You seen watching much telly this week? Um, yeah, we're still on Hill House. Obviously, we're actually currently halfway through episode five. We got about twenty minutes left in episode five. I was watching it just before we started recording, and uh, still thoroughly enjoying that. I'm I, I'm interested to see how the the last five episodes of the series go because I th- I feel like the first five episodes have been you know. One episode on each of the the kids, and uh, I feel like we've 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 built up now. Obviously, the fifth episode is not over yet, but we've built up now who these people are, what's the story. So I'm I'm excited to see now the next five or the final five episodes of the season really kind of tell the rest of the story now. You know? Yeah, I I liked the first five more. Um, I liked the character episodes. I feel like they were the most heartfelt. Mm. Uh, the second half is is good, but I I think it's 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 slightly below. It's kind of the more kind of business end of the season. It's where you get a bit more exposition. You see things come together, um, mm. uh, but it's still it's still good in its own right. Do you know uh, what it reminds me of a little bit? By the way, go on. I know that some people who hated the show I'm about to reference might disagree with me, but it's a little bit losty. In in that it's kind of you know you have for most of the episodes the the modern day story let's say but you have also flashbacks that fill in kind of the the character side of of the story you know which is kind of kind of a, a storytelling method that was maybe not originated but certainly popularized by Lost back in the day. Um, have you heard anything about uh, episode six? I've heard it's very good. That's as far as I've heard. <laughs> Uh, it's yeah, it's it's top notch. It's really great. Okay, uh, I think my personal, I think my personal favorite of the whole season was probably f- uh, four. Um, the Luke one, the Luke episode. Yeah, yeah, I thought that was very good. Uh, I think then probably two. Two was the, uh, the uh, one. Yeah, uh, two. No, two was. Um, oh, the other, the other daughter. Uh, the other sister, what is it? Cheryl, Shirley, Cheryl. Um, yeah, yeah, I think two. I, I think I, I think my two sticks out of my head is because I watched episode one and I was like, mm, okay, let's see. I think I one know. was of the ones I've seen has certainly been the least kind of. Yeah, it's interesting it, one. To be fair though, they're establishing everything and there's a lot going on because you got two timelines and like seven characters across two timelines. You know, yeah, sure. so I, I watched it. And I was like, okay, I don't really get this, but whatever. And then two, I was like, okay, you got me, you got me. Yeah. Uh, and then, and, and then six is is tremendous. Yeah. But yeah, I'm looking forward to. I'm, I'm interested to hear what you make of of the second half because I, you know, like I said, I thought it dropped a bit, but I mean, I still went the full five on the old letterbox on the, on that season because um, I think it was definitely uh, overall a, a tremendous achievement from the old the Flan man, old uh, Flanners, yeah. Flanners, God bless him. Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm looking forward to hearing more from you on that one. Uh, what else have you been watching? Um, catching up a little bit on Robot Chicken. Which is a sh- <laughs> speaking of stuff that drops drops off in the latter half. Uh, Robot Chicken is kind of like like Family Guy and Simpsons back in the day. A show that I still watch for no reason other than kind of out of habit. Um, and also the fact that the episodes are only ten minutes long, so I can kind of breeze. Through well, that's them. easy. Yeah, 
Yeah, so I, I'm just catching up on the end of season nine now, which is the the latest season. I kind of dropped off watching the episodes as they came out, so I've I'm kind of going through them now, and you know it's fine. It's, Robot Chicken is very hit and miss depending on what the the con- the to- topic of the content is. Sometimes it's like ah Ninja Turtles, I know that, and then it'll be very funny. Other th- other times it's stuff that I'm not interested in or no knowledge about, and so can kind of hit and miss and uh and we're all caught up as well on master chef ah the professionals the most relaxing hour in tv so uh we're i found a website that allows me to stream bbc2 live so i don't need to wait for it to air and then download it afterwards i can actually we can watch it as it airs so eight eight o'clock tuesday wednesday thursday we sit down and we watch people do tests, like they're uh, cook this fish this way or whatever. And oh, some people do it real well, and some people don't know how to do it. It's a disaster. Oh, what are you doing? Um, and I don't know. Like I said, I'm not, a, I'm not. I'm not a big foodie, and yet I find it strangely compelling. And it's just a nice, relaxing show that you know you can lie back, watch. You don't have to really um, commit yourself in the same way that, as you do with something like. Haunting of Hill House, you know, it's just an easy, an easy watch. And it's nice to have one of them for seven weeks out of the year. So yeah, alrighty. Um, yeah, I think that's that's it for the old uh, telly guff there. Uh, currently, uh, game guff. I mm. made some uh, purchases today. Good. Tell uh, me. Sony has their uh, Black Friday deals up already. Yeah, I need to get that um, PS Plus discount. Oh yeah, very good. Yeah, for the um, year, I think that's why I, I got it last year around this time. The discounted PS Plus. <coughs> Pardon me. Um, yeah, I really should do that. I never, I never think to grab it when it's on sale. Mm. But uh, yeah, they put it up. They usually, I, they tend to, um, uh, what's the word? Uh, iterate on those sales. Like I think when actual Black Friday rolls around, they might add more. But some good stuff on there, your Spider-Man, your God of War, all your, pretty much all your big ones from the year are um, discounted. I got uh, Vampire, which yeah. was a game I was pretty much waiting to, to go on sale. And from from the vibe I heard from people, it was that it was all right, but not worth your, your, your full whack price. Mm. Uh, I got Rainbow Six Siege for like a tenner. Um, cause that's one of those things that, that there's like this really rabid community for it. I think I played it when it first came out and I didn't quite get it. Uh, but for that price, I was like, look, I might jump back in. And I got my first, uh, VR game in several months, Astrobot, um, which you might notice uh, the, the more eagle eared listeners might notice that I barely talked about PlayStation VR after talking about it for about two weeks there, uh, earlier in the year that is because it has uh, gathered dust to be mm. honest um, my, my brother has the ps4 as well mm. and it seems like exactly the same situation where well, every time i'm down i just see it sitting there a little bit more dusty than last time i was down there's there's a couple of reasons for that one i think it hasn't been a hot year for for releases um there's yeah. been some stuff but 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 not mainly it's just that it's just what it boils down to and this is something i did here before i got it and i've, I've kind of learned I've learned it now myself. There, there is just inherent flaws with the technology. I have a lot of um, uh, sync issues with it, where I uh, the specifically games that use the move controllers. What like calibration issues? I mean, Cal- calibration issues. Yeah, where it's like um, uh, it's just 
losing your hand or it's uh or it's shaking and like and things like twitching or 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 wobbling a little bit in your hand um can actually be very disorienting about in vr that's that's right. the thing about it it's not just a case of oh this isn't like exactly perfect therefore i hate it's like no it's it, it can actually affect your equilibrium and, and not feel great to to be in so like that rick and morty game I, even though it's short and it's not even much of a game it's very much a play around in these rick and morty settings it's it's bash all these buttons you know poke at everything in this world and you'll get a wacky soundbite even that i haven't been able to finish because it, it just it just can't remain synced and i'm and i'm getting disoriented uh super hot which is a tremendous vr experience uh in spite of the issues i haven't finished because i it's great in spite of the issues, but the issues are still there. Right. Uh, so, so the, the, this is all why I've my PS4 is now. I, I move it kind of every now and then between my room and the sitting room. PS4 has been in the sitting room for ages. Uh, I just now moved the VR back into my room after several months of it just being in a in a different room, disconnected and 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 uh, not played. But so I said all that to say I played Astrobot, which is a first party Sony uh, platformer yeah. uh, developed in part by their Japan studio. Um, and what I heard about this game was that A, it's great, and B, it is a game you play with the controller, uh, the the regular PlayStation. Yeah, I heard it likened to Mario 64. Now, I've only played three levels, but I can, my, my immediate takeaway after those first three levels is that this is a Nintendo-esque yeah. uh, quality of platform, not only in terms of the quality of the game, but also in its charm. So right. basically the way it works is that you are playing as a little robot fella, and you are going through some very... Uh, 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 I don't, basic is the wrong word, because they're, they're fantastically designed, but it's a very... It's a traditional platformer. You have a jump, you have an attack, uh, and you don't even have a double jump, you have like a little hover. And the interesting so thing press- is, because it's VR, you, you are, it's not first person, it is third person. You're no. seeing... Yeah. So you're you although you control the robot, it's not from the robot's point of view. I guess you are just a, an independent observer. Absolutely, yeah. So you're you're looking at this uh, little uh, robot, and it's it's very well designed. One of the first uh, things that made me say it's Nintendo esque. It has a very joyous, energetic presentation and music. The music is mm. is, is fantastic. Uh, so it controls great, and so you're kind of looking kind of down at a 45-degree angle at your little fella running around, and it has lots of just neat little tips and tricks where you look left, and oh, here's a hidden little section that just by turning your head physically, you have, you've discovered this, and you make your little guy follow along. Um, and so they, so it isn't just, you know, they made a good platformer and then they just kind of stuck it in VR. Like, no, you, you this is a, this is something that was made with VR in mind and feels better for it. Uh, great production values, satisfying controls. The only, um, the only, and and this is something that's that that combats the the sync issues with PSVR. I'm playing it sitting down and I'm playing it with my controller. I've had no issues whatsoever, so it's it's really Lovely. if you're like me and you have a, a VR and you a PSVR specifically and and you you know you're having your reservations about it and you haven't used it in ages, this is on sale on PSN now and it's great. I just played three levels and I was just grinning. I was grinning the whole time because there's all these little flourishes as well as you go through the level, like you know making the most of the little gimmicks. So there's things coming at the camera and, and your character is jumping all over the place. When you finish the level. Um, there's a little bonus mini game where you basically play almost like 3D Angry Birds with your with your little fella, right. and you pull, you pull back on the touchpad to 
to aim him and you're basically trying to shoot him through some rings and it's just it's just a little bonus thing at the end of every level but it's so far and it made me think okay any indie devs who want to work in vr who want an idea here's your idea uh, do a do a angry birds game in vr it's actually super satisfying and look at um, people yeah. using the touchpad as well uh, there you go. I, yeah, I love when, when like first-party developers actually come up with interesting uses. That, that might be the first one since like Infamous or something. <laughs> That's actually yeah, I, used that functionality. I cannot remember the last time I, I used it for, for a game. But, um, but anyway, yes, big, huge thumbs up. As I say, I only played it for about a half hour, but I cannot wait to jump back into it um, uh, and, and, and play through more. Um, so yeah. So that's Astrobot uh, on PlayStation VR. The other thing I've been playing this week is good old Hitman 2. Hitman is back in Pog form. Um, uh, Paul, where did you end up on Hitman? Did you finish it or what did you do? No, um, I got up until the... Which is the level after uh, Sapienza? Uh, Marrakesh. Marrakesh. I got up to the Marrakesh mission, which... To some listeners, to some non-long-time listeners, that might sound like, Paul, you barely gave the game a fucking chance. I played this game like 70 hours. <laughs> and that's as far as I got. Because I did like everything. I like 100%ed the first areas up until then, basically. Yeah. I think that first training area, where, you know, the tutorial, I played for about 15 hours. So... um. And that's that's the the great thing about about that game is, is they have that. Uh, and so something about uh, Hitman Two. If you own Hitman One, I actually uh, already yeah. downloaded the Legacy. Um, oh, did you? In in, in uh, apprehension of of buying Hitman Two, in preparation. So yeah. So uh, <laughs> the only the only the only problem is the only downside is that your progress does not carry over. That's a of bit course, of a problem. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so so yeah, you buy if you own Hitman One. When you buy Hitman Two, you can just access all of the original levels in in the Hitman Two launcher, and they are of course playable sort of with the 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 benefits of of the Hitman Two engine. So I played, and you can obviously watch me play it over on uh, YouTube.com/slash Barry Murphy Lad. I played the prologue and the first full proper mission, which is Miami, um, and it's the one that's set on a kind of f1 equivalent supercar race Mm. um and it's it is just just on this first map which is all i've played it is everything that's great about hitman it's massive there's 10 million things to do it's that racetrack with a uh with a public uh gallery for people to watch the race it has a vip section with celebrities you can go into the vip bar section where there's like a little nightclub there's locker rooms for the for the racers there's garages for each individual team uh involved in the races and then of course because it's hitman there's also like a uh, a building nearby that houses a uh private military uh murder android factory of course. um where, where one of the one of the targets works it's fantastic it looks great it runs at a much better frame rate i had no server issues which when i first uh, the game obviously is constantly syncing online for scores and stuff like that uh, the first game when it launched, I was having all kinds of crashes and, and, and issues. None of that this time. Um, I had a great time playing through that that first map. Uh, tons of wackiness. Um, 
and they made lots of little tweaks to the UI and the um, uh, the map and things like that. They've added a picture-in-picture picture mode so that when you cause a distraction, you get a picture-in-picture picture of who is coming to look at the distraction and how fast okay. are they coming and things like that. Uh, they've added more color to the UI so it really jumps out at you on your map. You know, this is a hostile area. This is trespassing. Uh, little, little red uh, exclamation points when you're about to pick an item up. So it's like, okay, in this outfit, if you pick this up, people will start fighting you. Right. Things like that. To the degree that on my first playthrough of the Miami map, I actually came within a hair of getting a silent assassin rating Oof. on my first playthrough. The only, the only mistake I made was I was very briefly trespassing and I had to be escorted out. And so I lost the, uh, the never spotted bonus you get at the yeah, end of yeah, every yeah. mission. Everything else I got, I, I destroyed the evidence. No unnecessary kills. The two targets I killed with the uh, accident kills, which I won't spoil here because they're yeah. tremendous. Um, uh, no combat. No, no, no. I got like a four-star rating. I was actually, if you watch the stream, you can actually see I was freaking out because I thought I got Silent Assassin. I forgot. Oh. See, I, it's about uh, it's about an hour and ten minutes of play. And I forgot that I had been very, very briefly, and it was one of those ones where someone goes, oh, hey, you're not supposed to be here, and if you turn around and leave, there's no fighting. Yeah. And so because there was no fighting, I completely spaced on the fact that I had been detected. But, oh, it was it was so satisfying. It's it's If you like your Hitman already, the tweaks they've made will make it even more intuitive and even more satisfying to play. I loved it. And, of course, the real money the real meat is in those maps and are they fun and are they clever and are they dense with stuff to do and big massive thumbs up on that so far so i'm happy with with hitman 2 so far and i'm, I'm looking forward to uh to reporting back and if you want to go to that youtube channel i plugged barry murphy lads you can subscribe and you can see me try and kill sean bean sometime in the next week there you go so there you go. That's my that's my game. Yeah, I think I'll be getting Hitman 2 for Christmas, along with Red Lovely. Dead Redemption and Super Smash Bros. I've also been playing Red Dead, and it continues to be good. Yeah, same, for, <laughs> same with me and Assassin's Creed. You do not need to hear me talk anymore about how Assassin's Creed is too long, um, but fun. Because I think I've, I've given that same update now three weeks in a row. So I'm not going to talk anymore about Assassin's Creed until I've completed it. Um, however... I had a little play of the old Super Nintendo Entertainment System, the mini one, or the classic, however you want to call it. Yeah. Because um, I found out, like, ah, months ago, I think, that the Super Nintendo Mini is, is quite easy to uh, modify, to mod, as they say in on the, the computer to tech forums. <laughs> um. So, I have now a modded SNES Mini that has uh, 60-something games on it. Um, very easy to do. And I don't know what um, impact this would have for people who are, you know, on the fence about, you know, the PlayStation Mini, for example, because of the, the game library that it comes with. If it's anything like the Super Nintendo Mini... You just buy it and then put the games on yourself, and it takes like five minutes. Okay, and and have you got? Because I've seen, I haven't, I don't have one, but I've seen kind of people with modded ones. And is it, do you have it so that it's like it's into the UI and everything? Like you boot it up and you got that regular SNES Mini menu. Yes. And oh wow! And all the, so all, it's, all the artworks and everything. Oh, see, this is this is actually very weird timing because I 
was thinking I might put the SNES Mini at the top of my uh, my my Black Friday deal hunting list. Yeah. Uh, for, for, and for this exact reason, I was actually going to ask just ask on Twitter, like, hey, does anyone know how easy or quick it is to do this stuff? It's, You're saying it's very... ex- it's extremely easy and ex- and very quick. Hmm. So very I good. have okay, yeah. I've you know the twenty one games or so it comes with. I've since added like Chrono Trigger, Donkey Kong Country two and three. Oh, wow. um, WWF Raw, WWF Royal Rumble. <laughs> um, I bet those are great. <laughs> new uh, Turtles in Time, uh, Aladdin, uh, Mario Paint. I've also added because it it's not only limited to Super Nintendo games. I've added a load of Game Boy Advance games like Metroid Fusion, Metroid Zero Mission, um, Zelda, Minish Cap. Also, Game Boy Color games, Oracle of Ages, um, WarioWare Inc. So, I just went through, like, um, obviously, first of all, I, I went to a list of, like, top SNES games. I was like, all right. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the good news is, unlike the PlayStation one, and this is where I'm going to show my bias, but unlike the PlayStation one, the Super Nintendo Mini has, anyway, the majority of what people consider the best games. They're, they're all, course, most, yeah. mostly are on it already. Without a few exceptions or a few omissions like Chrono Trigger, Act Razor, stuff like that. I have them now on anyway. Um, and yeah, all you have to do is download... Because the um, SNES Mini comes anyway with a USB connector, because that's how it, it it's powered yeah. it's through USB. You just plug it into the PC. You download a little software, which is called uh, HackChi2. There's like just search. You'll find a tutorial tell you how to do it. And yeah. um yeah, you just download the ROMs from any ROM or emulator website. And you just use the software to put them on. Before they're all gone. <laughs> uh and you put them on and there is like a, a download artwork option baked into the tool, kind of like how iTunes used to work. And uh, you just download artwork. What I've done is I've not used that. I've instead put like high definition artwork on myself. Okay. I, I want it to look really good. Um, and uh, and you just hit synchronize and it all gets put on. And if you want to put on software from other systems like NES, Game Boy, Game Boy Color, PS1, I think. Um, the, the software has the mods required for you to do that. So you just... It, there's a little like mod store where you can pick what you want to install, and because each each um, each mod takes up a certain amount of space, you can like pick pick and choose what you want. You put them on, install the ROMs as before, and uh, and it just works, and it's it's excellent. That's good to hear. Yeah, yeah. I'll be, I'll be interested. I'd imagine um, the PlayStation One will be similar. They've already uncovered that it's just using an open source playstation emulator that i believe i believe i used on my pc 10 years ago um yeah so that's i'm sure the was the same and that's the great thing is like you're asking the not only the interface but like the baked in features of the super nintendo mini also work with the customized roms like you you can still create like save states using the user interface of the snes mini so you just when, when you're done playing you just hit reset uh, but the reset button on the console and it allows you to s- to store up to four different save states per game. That's cool. So, um, and and I assume then you've had, you've had no issues with the controller. The controller just works with yeah. these extra games. Yeah, that's 
That's excellent. Yeah, I if 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 I can that you know what I think I might get one of these uh, SNES ones, and if if I hear similar reports about the PlayStation one, I might get that as well. Because if I could get a PlayStation and I could, because obviously we were joking there about the wrestling games, but oh, if I could get those early SmackDown games on that PlayStation, I think if it's anything like the Super Nintendo Mini, you will be able to. Yeah, does the the Nintendo comes with two controllers? Does it? Yeah. Oh, brilliant! I, I think the PlayStation only comes with one, which is a bit of a bummer. Hmm. Uh, one of many bummers about that 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 classic they announced. But yeah, if they if if you know if I could get those old SmackDown games on there, that'd be pretty good. Well, this is the thing: is the 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 SNES Mini gives you two hundred megabytes of storage to work with, which sounds very small, right? But those games are tiny. Yeah, I've got like sixty games on it, and I think I'm using up one hundred and twenty megabytes. So I I could theoretically put another. 30 games on <laughs> and I still have saves so it's not enough that you would have enough space to like have every Super Nintendo game although theoretically if you were to use like a an external USB key I suppose you would be able to do it but yeah, um, yeah it's, it's, it's really far easier than I thought it would be it it's, requires very little actual you know elbow grease or actual putting the work in I did because I'm a bit of a perfectionist like i i had to make sure that all the names of the games like donkey kong country 2 doesn't have a dash it has a colon and like you know that that amount of detail because i want mine to be perfect but if you just want to slap the games on and have standard definition let's say artwork because you're not going to spend much time with the user interface anyway you know it, it's really just downloading the roms is the and, and the software required to do it is like the the work apart from that it's super easy super quick and I'm super happy with it. I've got so many games now to play. Like Game Boy Advance specifically is kind of a blind spot nowadays for me where like it's it's not quite retro, it's not quite modern. Like I think it's very hard to find some games and to find a system to play them. So to have this now and be able to just play Metroid Fusion and play, you know, Minish Cap is uh, is like the perfect solution for it. I'm real happy. Good stuff. Good yeah. stuff. Um, yeah. So uh, that's going to do it for our, our game guff uh, this week. Uh, we're going to jump into movie guff. I've not seen anything this week. <laughs> I think I might. Uh, I think I've actually burned through all the things I'm interested in. I don't care about that Harry Potter shit. Um, <laughs> what else is out at the moment? Uh, I think just to see something because I like to get my value out of my old my old limitless. I think I might go see that Grinch movie tomorrow just to see just to see it. Um, right. I got Mandy on DVD. I haven't watched it yet. Okay. Um, uh, I know there's a very limited release of Sorry to Bother You coming in December. I want to see that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, nothing nothing for me this week. What about you? What have you been, what have you been watching? Yeah, I watched a couple of movies this week. Um, first of all, I watched Rio Bravo, which is an old yeah. John Wayne film. And uh, I thoroughly enjoyed that. I'm I'm not much of a Western guy, first of all. It's, no, put that out there. I never really cared for Western movies. There's a, some, there's some that I kind of enjoy. Especially there's some kind of spaghetti Western comedies that I think are quite funny, um, like the Boot Hill films. Terence, Terence Hill and Bud Spencer make some good, uh, good uh, spaghetti westerns. But yeah, apart from that, I've never like I've. There are some glaring omissions in my, in my uh, film history. At the same time, like I've never seen Tombstone or Unforgiven or Good, the Bad, the Ugly. So I'm prepared to say that those are very good. But typically, 
Western is a, a genre that I am not that interested in. But um, as I approach my 1,000th movie logged on Letterboxd, oh, wow. I asked my, my brother, who has a film degree, for um, 10 movies that I should watch. You know, like 10 movies that he would consider extremely good that I've never seen. So one of those was... Um, the 400 Blows, which I spoke about a few weeks ago, and that was extremely good. And Rio Bravo, the second one, also extremely good. Um, stars Dean Martin, who I would have only previously thought about as one of those kind of crooners of the uh, late 50s, early 60s. Along, you know, your Sinatra, your Dean Martin. Um, Dean Martin was fucking brilliant in this. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like... And that's the, not to spoil what's coming up next, but uh, that's two movies I watched this week in that it was like star turns by people who you would typically think of as musicians. Um, but yeah, excellent. Um, it's a real simple story. Like that, that's kind of what works in its in its favor is that at the start of the movie, John Wayne, John Wayne is a sheriff in his town. And he and uh, Dean Martin, who's his like deputy, arrest this man for murder. They lock him in the jail, and uh, but they have to wait for like six days for the marshal to come take him away. And during these six days, uh, the brother of this imprisoned man and his kind of uh, cohorts arrive into the town and want to break him out of jail. That's that's the entire film, and um, it's funny because. I realized before I say this that this movie has been remade. Uh was actually remade, first of all, by the same director as a Western, which also starred John Wayne, like ten years later, called um I think it was called El Dorado. But it was it was later on remade uh and set in a police station uh Assault on Precinct thirteen, I want to say. Precinct thirteen, yeah, the original one of those. Yeah. Um is uh yeah, John Carpenter film which was uh inspired, let's say, because obviously it wasn't a direct remake, but inspired by Rio Bravo. Um and so my point was that I think that this movie, because the plot is kind of so simple, it would work in a non Western setting. And I don't mean just as like in a police station, but I think it's a story that is would work in a science fiction way. It's a story that would work in a in kind of in a horror way. Um, I just thought it was, it was it was super good. And John Wayne's interesting as well because John Wayne um, is I, I, this was like my first John Wayne movie that I've ever seen. John Wayne. I don't think, I, I don't think I've ever seen one at all. Actually, now that you mention it, John Wayne is um, it's a funny one because he's kind of not very charismatic. He's kind of a bit of a, like a lurch. He's a bit of a Frankenstein's monster where he's just, well, <laughs> he's not got a lot of um, variety to his tone of voice, let's say. And yet he's got this kind of undeniable screen presence when he's on screen. I don't, I can't quite put my finger what it is. I think he's just kind of like the classic um, everyman American hero of the era, you know? Um like one th- one thing that kind of typifies his character in this is that he he doesn't want people helping him. He's he's got his little group of friends, and by God, they're going to take care of take care of what's happening. 
and when 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 he's offered help, he turns it down. And uh, but uh, you know, without spoiling a uh, what sixty year old movie, um, by the end people come help him anyway. Become mm. and uh, yeah, it's just really really great. Um, looks great for a movie of that era, which is strange because a lot of those movies that were filmed in Technicolor uh, sometimes look quite ugly by today's standards. Yeah, like the colors sometimes are too strong and can look a little bit garish but uh no it looks it looks great great direction um some really great shots in it great performances john wayne and dean martin and uh, a kind of simple story but one that kind of keeps you captivated throughout um so i really enjoyed it It was a movie that i had not really even heard of never mind had on like a, a watch list but uh yeah i thought it was really excellent and then moving to the other end of the spectrum, I watched uh, A Star is Born, the 2018 yes. version, starring uh, Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga. And uh, yeah, I thought that was really good as well. Um, I think particularly because of the performances. I think that's kind of... Yeah, that's I elevates it. I felt similarly about... Dallas Buyers Club a few years ago with Matthew McConaughey and Jared Leto. That was a very good movie, by all accounts. But it was it, it was the performances that out of it. I thought I felt the same about Star Is Born. Um, what I liked about it as well is I found the characters were quite complex, and that's what kind of made it work. Um, like right from the beginning, I found Bradley Cooper's character Jackson Maine um, quite unlikable. Yeah, and, of course. And as a result, when you know his story starts to go downhill a little bit, I didn't really feel um, sympathetic towards him as a person because of these choices that he's made. But at the same time, um, A Star Is Born portrays his kind of addictions as illnesses. So it's kind of complex in that sense where it's like, okay, I, I don't like this guy because of the actions that he takes and what I see him do. But he has this kind of legitimate illness that he's not really in control of. And so is he really, you know, answerable for his actions? I found it quite interesting um, in that way. Um, Like right away, he meets um, Lady Gaga at this drag bar. She's singing. She's excellent. And I just felt, I, I, I felt he was like very forced like forceful with her where he's he's only yeah, met, no, he's only I, met I her and exactly he's, he's touching her on the face and he's um and it's just the context of like he looks twice her age and stuff yeah he and... he's got a, that real like l- like red leathery skin that a, a, an old drunk has yeah and she's this kind of and there's also this like like and it's 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 summed up really in in that opening dynamic you're talking about but it's like, but I also in general, maybe this is just watching this story from the 30s with, with 2018 eyes. But it's like, he's like this hot shot who's going to like make or break her career and she's a fucking nobody. And so it's a weird context to then have a romantic relationship in. You know? Yeah, I mean, well, at the beginning, it seems like he he's definitely like, as you say, with the 2018 eyes and, and all that's gone on in Hollywood and so on. 
um, which is interesting because some versions of Star is Born is, isn't about music. It's about a, a, a young actress trying to break Hollywood. But anyway. Right. Um, yeah, that he's kind of like, uh, you know, come with me. And and she's very resistant. She's very reluctant. She's like, no, no, no. I, I can't. Sending a driver to her house and stuff. Yeah, and say, know? well, the, and the driver's like, well, I, 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 have, I have to take you. I can't, you know, say, he said, don't take no as an answer or whatever. It's like, it almost borders at some point on like an abusive relationship, at least psychologically ab- abusive. Um, but at the same time, and I've seen since I finished watching it, um, I've seen I've I've read reviews online that have said like that the that the movie itself is like problematic because it it puts forward this this narrative of this kind of relationship. But then while I was watching it, I was kind of th- watching it, thinking that that was kind of the point of the story. Um. And so I didn't think the movie was the problem. I thought the character had these issues, and that's what made the story interesting to me. Uh, and then, as a result, the way that it went, I found interesting. Um, hmm. If if the characters were just all likable or or were all, um, you know, woke, um, I don't think it would be that interesting a story. I think the the story works because you have this this character who is is a drug and alcohol addict who's you know after the peak of his fame. Uh, and he meets this girl who's coming up as he's going down, and that's what makes that's that's what the story is ultimately. Uh, and I like the bits later in the movie where he's like, he's invited to this Roy Orbison tribute uh, act where he's going to be singing yeah. and playing guitar, and then he gets just gets replaced because they find a better, younger singer. Um, stuff like that. Yeah, I th- I thought it was really good. Um, if I was to point out things that I wasn't crazy about I, I thought it was quite predictable um, and that's even going in with kind of a, a base knowledge of what A Star is Born is about like all I really knew about it was as I just said Bradley Cooper is like this this aging country star who's kind of past his peak is on the way down and as he's on the way down he meets Lady Gaga who's on the way up as this kind of burgeoning pop uh, star and uh, and even only knowing that, I felt like there was nothing in the film that really surprised me. It was all... I always had a feeling of where it was going and what was what was coming next. Um, and then especially towards the end, obviously I won't spoil what the, you know, the ending, but uh, I found the ending a little bit... Not unearned, but a little bit rushed. A little bit... Suddenly it goes from you know zero to 60. And, oh, this is happening now. And I was like, oh, I don't know. I, I, I didn't. I didn't truly buy it, but uh, that was very good. I thought the music was very good in it as well. But uh, really, what I'll remember about it uh, is the performances, and I thought the direction was pretty. I thought it was a really good-looking movie as well, and I liked Bradley Cooper's voice in it because he obviously, yeah, he has Sam Elliott as his brother. Mm. Sam Elliott has this very iconic. Well, you know Sam Elliott voice where you talk real deep, you know, and uh, and Bradley Cooper kind of affects a Sam Elliott voice in it, and for whatever reason, I just quite like listening to him talk in it. <laughs> so maybe that's what worked on Lady Gaga early in the movie. Maybe that's why she got involved in him because of his old gravel voice. But uh, yeah, I enjoyed uh, both those movies. I think Rio Bravo probably the better of the two <laughs> if I'm to compare. A 1959 Western with a 2018 <laughs> romantic uh, drama. 
Uh, yeah, I went a nine on Rio Bravo, and I went an eight on A Star Is Born. Yeah, yeah, I, I was around the same. I was a flat four for. Uh, yeah, I went to four for A Star Is Born. I, I felt, I felt like with the the dial, it's also it's a bit kind of saccharine and you know uh, a bit cheesy in places. But it's it's definitely great, and you know I've always kind of liked Lady Gaga. I I would not like. I don't think I'd go see her in concert, but I would always listen to her stuff when it came out. Mm. You know I liked it, but man, I really got you really get an appreciation for the the power of her voice in this movie. It's yeah, it's it's tremendous. She's I I do feel talented. like she she goes a little bit from you know country. Like, I mean she's doing country with Bradley Cooper, obviously, and then she gets signed by. I think it's Interscope Records in the movie. And then immediately she's kind of doing, what is it that Bradley Cooper says to her? Like, what's the lyrics? I'm like, you're coming shaking in here. Your ass. Shaking she's your ass. your ass like that or whatever it is. <laughs> yeah. I, th- I thought that for her character, she, especially because at the start of the movie, she's doing like La Vie en Rose in, in a drag bar. She, even for her character, she does go a little bit, like flips a little bit too quickly from kind of idealistic, um, singer songwriter to pop star that's singing about shaking asses and yeah you know it's a little bit too <laughs> qu- quick other than other other than Bradley Cooper calling her out for that you don't really see her grapple with that at all which yeah. is disappointing there's well there's one little bit where she does her first concert and she doesn't use the dancers and then the guy from yeah. the the record uh, uh, label is given out to her for that. But there's not, yeah, there's not really a moment where, because uh, for all intents and purposes, she's still writing the songs, which I don't get because it's they're completely different songs than how she was doing before. But um, yeah, she for the most part she seems all right with it, which I didn't really get. But I thought it was a very good movie, all in all. And uh, I did put money on it, like I say, I put some money on it to win the best picture award at the old Oscars. So hopefully. Uh, we'll see how that goes. Feeling confident though, now haven't seen it. Yeah, I don't know what else. I don't know if I've seen anything else that might take it this year. To be mm. honest, seems like a, a solid pick. I don't, I, I don't see widows getting that kind of play. Yeah, first man, maybe I don't know. We'll oh, I mean, first man wins. That would be first <laughs> man is not anything special. It's really not. Well, um, well, there's still movies to come out. There's there's usually a a rush around. January, February as well. So we will see. We'll see. We'll certainly see. Uh, let's see here. We'll uh, jump on then. We got no emails. We can jump straight into the uh, the wrestle guff, I suppose. I mean, since the last time we were on, we've had further cementing of the meteoric rise of Becky Lynch. Um, oh, I didn't even put this in the. Uh... I suppose, like, and the other thing as well is, like, we've had a complete reshuffling of the Survivor Series card, which is tomorrow. It's, yeah. So, the, so the big news, obviously, was that the, uh, the the women from SmackDown did a run-in on Raw to close the show and set up the big Ronda-Becky match. And uh, as, I, as is often the case uh, in wrestling, completely kind of uh, unexpected and not planned by anyone, greatness came. Uh, Nia Jax fucking obliterated Becky Lynch's nose with a straight punch to the face 
Um, but from that, we got a, a, a great visual of a, of a defiant Becky Lynch with blood all over her face, all over her shirt, all over her hands. Like she was pumping, as we say here in the in the Ireland of Ireland, <laughs> the Ireland of Ireland, the island of Ireland is what I meant to say. Um, uh, and that, I mean, that I can't remember the last time I've woken up and, and, and kind of been commuting to work and check Twitter more often than not. People don't even talk about Raw. I mean, that's the real indicator to me that that have how cold WWE is generally. It's like you, I have to go searching for Raw results because there's nobody talking about it. But I woke up on Tuesday and just everyone was just buzzing about Becky. They would talk about Becky. They went and post gifs of Becky. They went and post screen caps of Becky. There was fan art of Becky. And all I knew the second I got up and the second I checked my phone was that Becky Lynch somehow got covered in blood and everyone was very excited about it. Um... Uh, and so the, the, it felt like they had some real heat to the uh, Ronda match. Um, and then, of course, just as just as soon as we were getting into it, they pulled the match because Becky had a concussion. And I believe the verbiage they used on SmackDown was a broken face. Yeah. Um, so that match is off and she selected Charlotte as her replacement. But, Paul, did you watch the Becky segment? I did. What you make of it? Ah, Well, I mean, I think it's a little bit redundant to say now since i mean there's been so much talk about it um on on the internet and from like Meltzer and that but i remember when i first saw the image of becky lynch standing in the crowd with her arms extended blood on her face blood on her hands it did strike me as one of those kind of iconic images that i mean not to liken her to 97 steve austin but you know it's Steve Austin in the in the sharpshooter with blood coming down his face. It was it was like that kind of same visceral reaction. Uh, yeah, defiant kind of yeah visceral feeling. And when I heard the match was pulled, my first reaction was WrestleMania. This 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 has to be then kept for WrestleMania. Don't let's not waste waste this on something before then. The problem is that WrestleMania is so far away. Um. But uh, I I thought it was like okay unplanned, but this like excellent execution of Becky Lynch. It was the transformation of Becky Lynch from what she was before to the man Becky Lynch, which is what she is now. Mm. What I will say, however, is that I think that everything they've done since Raw has kind of lessened the impact of the Raw segment itself. Um. I, I wasn't a huge fan of the SmackDown segment where she picked Charlotte as the replacement. And although I liked the video they put up on YouTube showing kind of the day of Becky Lynch backstage. Oh, that was that was great. I thought it was great, video. but I thought it it kind of lessened the 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 man Becky Lynch aura a little bit. Like I think at this point, what you, what you, you want to give people is is less Becky Lynch, not more Becky. Everything's Becky Lynch now. This 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 video and this video, and it kind of felt like at the moment where Becky Lynch goes from you know normal, okay, not to disparage, but let's say normal female wrestler to kind of like um, kick ass megastar. No, you're right. You are you are right. I mean, that's I think that's fair. Um, my thought when I saw the bloody image was that. Um, you can scream about history making and use all your buzzwords all you want. Things like this that elevate them above the level that they're at 
are totally natural. So yeah, I mean, yeah, above the level of say Charlotte, you know, just as an example, she felt special. You know, she felt like <laughs> I'm, I'm trying not to hyperbole, but felt like you know a main eventer, like a, like a Steve. That Austin, was that you know? was the feeling. I mean, and and I, I don't think I don't think anyone listening to this would challenge you on that. No. That was the feeling. It was the feeling that they've made something special here. Um, and I, I, I was like you. I also had the um, the sense that this is this is WrestleMania, and this could even main event. And I think it was even now. Of course, in WWE, this could change ten million times. But the story in the Observer was that that is the current plan as well. Is that they hold off on this and they do it Mania, and it closes. Which and when you think about it, when you look at the lay of the land, what even is a comparable main event anyway? I don't think they have anything else that could main event above this. Um, but that's that's a whole other discussion. But um, well, on Raw, when that segment happened, I was thinking, well, when I saw it, that there's there's no one close to Becky Lynch in terms of that kind of character, in terms of that level of overness, let's say. Um. And yeah, my fear, like I say, is as they continue to overexpose Becky Lynch, that that kind of aura will will lessen. Uh, and I'm just saying this because of how WWE does things and history, let's say. Um, that I would I would ideally have them not use Becky Lynch so much, and when they when she is used, is only use her in a similar way to how she was on Raw as as a, like an, an ass kicker. That's the last kicker to excuse the pun. But, yeah, it was kind of lightning in the bottle, you know? And, uh, and like like I say, I, I did enjoy the, the backstage video they put up. But the, the person in the video wasn't the kick-ass Becky Lynch. It was the real Becky Lynch. Mm. It wasn't the character, you know? And... I kind of feel like the character is, is is what has the momentum now. The man, Becky Lynch. That's the, that's where the momentum is. So that's what they should be focusing that's, on. Not that's that's true, and 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 that is. I mean, look, that's always a concern with WWE. It's like, look, you have you have five months to balls this up, and God knows if they can, they will. Well, <laughs> um, um, yeah, we'll see. I tell you what, I what I didn't like though. I liked the video that you're referencing. Yeah. I didn't like uh, the hug. Um, why? Why would Becky Lynch hug Charlotte? Like she's injured, she has to pass off the match to her. I don't mind her picking Charlotte. I'm fine with that. I wouldn't have even minded a reluctant handshake. Why would she hug her? I that was so not the right call, in my opinion. Um, Again, it's like it's, everyone's making the comparison to Steve Austin, but that's that, that's ostensibly what the character is. It's the badass heel that plays by her own rules and 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 whatever. That's well, not what even is. not even heel, but the badass anti-hero. Anti-hero, right? And it's like you know, I could see Austin in this situation. They'd never have him in a goofy. <laughs> He'd have fucking they'd walked never, out. <laughs> they'd never have. They'd never have him in a goofy fucking t-shirt five-man tag SmackDown versus Raw. But that's a whole other conversation. I could see him reluctantly deferring a position to The Rock and shaking yeah, well, his head. Yeah, well, keep in mind, Becky Lynch wasn't in the Survivor Series match. She was against Ronda Rousey. Well, whatever. Same. They were in the, the, the T-shirt fight the previous night, is my point. Sure, yeah, yeah. But, but I could see him deferring a position to The Rock and maybe reluctantly shaking his hand, not hugging him. 
you know, unless it was ironic heel Austin in 2001, you know, I, I, I couldn't see that. But, but yeah, it was certainly a whirlwind few weeks. And I suppose the good, not the good thing about her being hurt, obviously that sucks, but the uh, the positive thing about her being out of action at the moment is that I think people will forget the hug. They'll forget any shortcomings the video might have had. When she comes back, all they'll remember is, you know, bloody badass Becky Lynch, and now she's back. Um, I think, I think, you know, we don't know the severity of her concussion or the severity of her injuries, but ob- the obvious thing to do, if they can line it up with the Royal Rumble, there's your there's your surprise return and win. Yes, um, absolutely. Uh, it's, it's, I tell you what, it's a bit like these, these were both doomed angles, but it's a bit like when the Nexus thing started and the CM Punk thing started where you're, you can feel in the pit of your stomach, you're like, this, this could be good. This could be great even if they stay the course. Um, uh, but, uh, we will have to wait and see, I guess. Um, Survivor Series will roll on without big, actually it might not. If I was to guess, I wouldn't be surprised if she, uh, if she does a run in, because I don't know if they necessarily want to beat Charlotte, but they obviously can't beat Ronda. I don't know. Um, yeah, so Charlotte versus Ronda is the match tonight. Maybe Becky lays them both out or something. Um, the other big news from SmackDown this week, from WWE TV rather, is that we had a, I was caught off guard by this, a Daniel Bryan heel turn. And WWE title win. And WWE championship win. I mean, that's. That is a very uh, uh, complicated thing that I have some mixed feelings on. I think heel main eventer Daniel Bryan is is something that I think would be great. I, I look forward to seeing it, you know, especially in a non-comedic context like he was last time. But the flip side is now that it's done and dusted, and there's a little cap on it. I think it's safe to say they did not do right by the babyface return of Daniel Bryan from the brink of 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 career ending injury, you know? Yeah. I mean my God. That that might actually be putting it lightly. Um, yeah, I mean I just find it interesting that WWE continue with I mean historically we had John Cena, right? The 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 babyface that people hate, uh, but by God, they won't turn him heel. Uh, Roman Reigns, more recently. And yet, the people that that the crowd love, Becky Lynch, Daniel Bryan, Johnny Gargano in NXT, yeah. inexplicably, they, they, they want to turn him heel. I don't understand. Um, and at the same time, it, it, I don't know what, I haven't heard any news about this, but to change the WWE title, the SmackDown before Survivor Series, thus changing the Brock Lesnar match at Survivor Series. Yeah. I, I'm thinking something must have happened, whether AJ Styles uh, is injured or is a nonce or something. I don't know what happened, but for him to just kind of be pulled from Survivor Series, for all intents and purposes, because he's not in the Survivor Series match. Um, I'm just confused as to how this came to be. It is. It is very odd. I, it's like, yeah, and, and it's. I mean, the thing is, we're in the network era as well. But can like you know, so they care less about like the impact it might have on the pay per view. But, um, 
yeah, like completely shuffling up the card, like completely. And one of them was out of their hands. I mean, fair enough, the, the Becky thing. But yeah, to swap a main event like that is pretty crazy. Um, I don't know. It's 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 very odd. I don't really have an answer. But, it's just um, weird because now you have heel Daniel Bryan against heel Brock Lesnar. And 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 also yeah, and you know that crowd aren't going to treat Brian as a heel, so you're getting his heel run off on this start where he's actually this big baby face. Um, mm. Not not only not only because he is in general liked more than Brock Lesnar, but also he's about a third of Brock Lesnar's size. Yeah. So there's only there's only there's only one way you can really work that match, you know. Which, well, which, not, I shouldn't. Yeah, I which, shouldn't say which that. begs the question: Why why do you change the title before unless there was some some reason for it? Um, I guess we'll see. Yeah, that, as of as of this recording, there has not been any. Uh, 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 There's not story, been any news, but I, I, haven't, I haven't even heard people asking questions about it. Mm. Well, I guess it's been such a crazy week in WWE that I guess people just haven't really stopped to really think about. And it. I mean that what? that really tells you the strength of that Becky Lynch angle is that the week that the WWE title changed hands. The the on the go home show for Survivor Series changing the champion versus champion match was barely spoken about. Yeah, and that's I mean that is the funny thing. I mean not just saying this to say it, but like I mean the, the, when you talked about elevating Becky above just the, the, the average woman, I mean the, right now she's eating everyone's lunch as far as top stars in the in the company. Like by far, especially when you look at how how far Braun has fallen. Like his star compared to Becky's right now. I mean forget about it. Um, there's there's nothing. But um, so yeah, uh, I think I think that's our, our, our WWE talk this week. I've already got NXT in a second, but uh, Survivor Series tonight. Uh, interested to see if there's any developments on that. Uh, before we get to that, though, uh, where am I going here on my old run sheet? Yes, we go. Uh, was there anything notable you wanted to talk about from the uh, TV you watched, the NXT TV? Um, yeah, the only thing notable is that half of the TV shows were just video packages. Because um, what I usually do is I'll pop down to watch NXT with my brother, because he pays for the network subscription, I don't. So I have to piggyback off him. Uh, I pop down and watch NXT on a Thursday and then head back here. But if, if I had gone down to watch NXT, at least two of those weeks, it would have been like 25 minutes long. Because <laughs> so many video packages. Like the first of those four, so whatever, four weeks ago, just so many videos video after video after video uh and and of course the go home show uh for takeover was just well let's take a look at the velveteen dream tomaso champa feud which has only been going on for two weeks and that was that was really the thing of of like the four weeks watching the four weeks of tv back to back to back number one uh i think there was only one person who had more than one match and that was me uh i think of, in four weeks, we only saw each person once. Um, and the other thing is, relating to TakeOver, uh, that a lot of the matches weren't really built at all until like two weeks before. Um, which is strange, because I feel like the last TakeOver was an age ago. Um, so we had like two weeks ago, William Regal just go, oh yeah, the title match for TakeOver is Tommaso Ciampa against Velveteen Dream. Mm. Okay, I think they had 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 one or two little face-offs before, but they they weren't really feuding per se. Velveteen Dream is still kind of a heel as well, for all intents and purposes. Uh, the takeover match was only made two weeks ago, 
and okay, is to be fair, is kind of uh, two or three feuds kind of smashed into one. Um, the the women, meaning Shayna Baszler and Kari Sane, weren't on any of the episodes except in backstage segments because presu- presumably they were taped before Evolution when the title match was with the title change. So there was no in-ring at all with Kyrie Sane or Shayna Baszler leading to a match they had, which was just made in the backstage segment. Um, and then the Johnny Gargano reveal uh, again was like two weeks ago. So it, it, it all felt very kind of quickly built up, but at the same time there wasn't a lot of substance to the feuds because the episodes themselves didn't have a lot of substance. There are a lot of video packages, but not a lot of substance. Um, so not really much to uh, to talk about. Oh, I guess the only thing is the the reveal, obviously, of Johnny Gargano as the uh, the attacker of Alistair Black. And yeah, oh even, boy, even that was a little bit as, as stretched out as that storyline was. I felt like the reveal was kind of rushed because Alistair Black finally returned. And the next week, Gargano was attacks him, like lays him out with a super kick in the ring. And goes, now you know Austin, you dumb son of a bitch. Um, and suddenly Johnny Gargano is yeah, it's just just flicks a switch and now he's bad, um, for no real reason. So a uh, little bit let down by that, but sure, what can you do? Uh, and then I suppose we can start talking about take over. So, uh, yeah. So I don't I don't watch NXT TV, but I'm I'm very much a you, catch up with the video. You didn't package. miss much this last month, brother. Yeah, I, I like the show a lot, but I got the vibe from these video packages that I was like, oh especially the Gargano one, I was like, oh but this does not seem like my cup of tea at all. Uh but we had um What did you make uh, of the show, so I liked it a lot. Uh, I thought it was uh, breezy as these shows always are. Uh, I feel like there was some aspects of it I didn't like, but uh, we'll get to that okay. I suppose. Uh, we opened with uh, Cassius Ono beating, oh no, sorry, uh, Matt Riddle making his in-ring debut uh, in NXT, beating Cassius Ono in like three, like literally about like three or four seconds. Uh, Cassius ran into a knee just as the bell was sounding, and then it was the pin. Um, so yeah, that's kind of what you'd expect them to do with Riddle as he starts. He is a tall, charismatic, jacked individual who can work. Yeah. So I'd imagine the the rocket should be on this man's back, and it appears it is. Uh, um, I, I thought he uh, failed very well on the uh, as annoying as everyone on the pre-show paddle was. I thought he came off quite well, just doing his Matt Riddle shtick as well before the show. Yeah, I feel like he's gonna be, he's gonna be maybe typecast a little bit. I, he's, he's almost like a, a new Rob Van Dam with yeah, bro, yeah, um, yeah. I mean, he has he has had a match on NXT TV. Oh. Uh, like he did debut on the, the weekly TV, but this was kind of his first big match. And yeah, I thought it was kind of perfectly executed in terms of getting him up and running, you know? Uh, love his music as well. Yeah, it's great, isn't it? <laughs> what I don't like about his music, though, is that it goes, bro, at the start of it. And that's something that yeah. a lot of NXT themes have lately. And this this is maybe... Uh, the CFO gang need to get be t- be like spoken to about this because you have his one go bro and then his music plays. Uh, Champa has the Taz uh, beeping noise. Oh yeah, right? the beeping thing. Yeah, 
you have EC3 goes with EC3's voice going, I am in the top 1%. And then a song plays. Ricochets goes one and only. And then the song plays. Can you just have a fucking song without a catchphrase at the start of it, for fuck's sake? But um, yeah, Matt Riddle looked great. Hit the big knee, got the win. And he's up and running. Yeah, I'm very happy with that. That took us to the um, uh, the women. That took us to the women's the women's match, which is uh, Kyrie Zane versus uh, Shayna Baszler. Yeah. Uh, two out of three falls match, which I thoroughly enjoyed. Again, these are two incredible professional wrestlers. Uh, I am all about Baszler in particular. I mean, I, I I think she'll be a real a real heel, like a really great heel on the main roster in in years to come. She's definitely she's definitely a Samoa Joe kind of heel. You know, I I can totally buy into it. Yeah. Um. Uh, and so, the, I, I, weirdly enough, I expected this to kind of be significantly longer than the Evolution match. I think it was longer, but it felt like they were kind of burning through the falls. It quite felt a, bit. a little bit rushed to me. Yeah, they, they immediately, pretty much, not immediately, but they pretty quickly got the run-ins started with the uh, Jasmine Duke and and uh, the other one with the stupid name, uh, Roderick Strong's wife, Shafir, uh, uh, Marina Shafir. My God, think of all the good names that. They unnecessarily changed, and they let these two keep their names. <laughs> Fucking Shane the Baszler is all right, but like, uh, but anyway, uh, they pretty much straight away did the run in and cost Kyrie the first round, so she uh, she tapped out to the sleeper. Yeah. Then they had a wild second uh, second fall with the uh, DDT on the apron from Kyrie that was incredible. This this was like uh, three days after William Regal tweeted at Brody King for taking a head bump on an apron. Uh, don't yeah. don't do that because I've my neck is all fused and that. And then on NXT they fucking doing neck bumps on the apron. Willie Regal probably having a aneurysm backstage. Looking at this, poor lad. No, he he just has that anyway. It's because of his neck. Um, oh, God. Uh, but anyway, the um, uh, then they also had the she did the big elbow drop out of the ring. Uh, oh, brilliant! Floor, which was which was wonderful. Um, and then she uh, scored the pinfall on on Baszler to tie it up, and then and I think part of what I liked, I disliked rather about this match was the rushing, but also all, a lot of bullshit. Like uh, what I liked about the Evolution match was it was an excellent pro wrestling match, and it was just like a, a quick bit of interference to just cost saying the match. Whereas this, they the heels were in it nonstop, and then there was a big baby face rally towards the end with. Uh, Dakota Kai um, coming out, and also Io Shirai coming out and doing the most gorgeous moonsault out of the ring in jeans and boots. Uh, you've, ne- you've never seen a, a woman so ready to do a moonsault and then hit the town afterwards. Uh, <laughs> she uh, she is incredible. I mean, she is incredible. Um, and then, uh, what was the finish again? It was was there some cheating? finish was a roll up after the elbow. Okay. Oh, yes, yes, yes. It's like yes, a crucifix. Yeah. Okay. Very nice. Uh, yeah. Which was so, kind of uh, anticlimactic given that the, the baby face, like Dakota Kai and Io Shirai had just come out and cleaned house. Shane got the pin like immediately. I was like, yeah. oh, oh, okay. Uh, yeah, it, kind, of a, kind of a weird match, but still, I mean, still great. And the crowd were just all about all the run-ins and all of the shit. So, well, so presumably uh, leading to like a three-on-three down the line. I, I would guess so. Yeah, because I think, I think they are 
wanting to heat up the that stable to eventually do a, a four horsewoman versus four horsewoman feud. So, mm. um, so there we go. But anyway, then we got uh, Johnny Gargano versus uh, Alistair Black. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I watched the the pre match video and then also kind of Gargano's mannerisms and stuff early on. And I just, I was just rolling my eyes at it. I was just like, it seems like, it reminded me of that period where Cody Rhodes thought he was being a really great comic book villain, but he was just being corny and lame with the the, the mask. Um, like Gargano comes out with his like Venom fucking themed entrance video and his Punisher tights. Oh my God, you're a dweeb. Like maybe the, <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe the point is that he's a dweeb and that I'm getting worked. If so, that's fine. Well, he, he came out smiling and like slapping fans' hands. And I guess the point well, yeah, is he, that he, 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 thinks, he thinks he's right. He yeah. thinks he's the good guy and he's, yeah. he's not. I think it would be, you know, they, they, they touched on in the, the Champa feud that like Gargano himself is a, a little bit bad. But in this one, it was more that he was like, he thought he was like, the baby face, <laughs> which I kind of got a kick out of. Um, and yes, this match went a hundred miles an hour. To be fair, the feud, I can you know, give or take. I I love I love a, a good who's done it, but um, I yeah I, I, I found the feud since the since the revelation a little bit lackluster. Uh, I thought this match was excellent. So I'll I will yeah. I will forgive a bad feud when the matches are this good. Uh, I think it was was it the Aster Black, uh, Andrade Almas match where I just was like marveling at the timing of the guys. I feel like this was just as good. Uh, yeah, it was it was great. I mean, they had spots like the uh, the dive into the knee, the dive into the knee, absolutely. Which was uh, tremendous. Uh, lots of little things, not little, lots of things like that. I feel like they were going super fast. I saw some people maybe didn't, weren't impressed with it. They were just they were just constantly going, going, going. But I don't know. I I liked it. I thought it was I thought it was great. I thought they were they were. Um, uh, well, I, I'm a sucker for like really crisp, well done moves. Like that's that was why I was for for years and years and years one of one of one of those people who um, really found it tough to get into John Cena's matches just because I don't like how he does a lot of his moves. Uh, I don't like how he hits the ropes with his foot up in the air. <laughs> you know, I've, I've, I've talked about this before. Um, of course, yeah. Whereas these guys, I don't think I've seen uh, Black Mass look so good as it did here, where he hit it perfectly twice at the end of the match. Um, what I... Speaking of Black Mass, what I liked here was that there was some kind of corny Johnny Gargano facials and stuff in this match. But what I did like is that at one point he starts like picking himself up off the floor with uh, Black's foot under his chin, yeah. like feigning to him, come on, finish me. And then he was actually a fake out and he attempted a roll up after it. Yeah. That was nice. That was a nice playing off the, the tropes of a Gargano match. That was that was pretty cool. But um, and then Black hit him with actually hit him with two. Uh, to fade to blacks to win. Um, and that was great. I was totally it, on board with it. It was, yeah. I, I, I really enjoyed it. Um, and that took us through to uh, Tommaso Ciampa versus uh, Velveteen Dream. Ciampa, another guy whose character just seems like the most heel-by-numbers thing ever. He's coming out. He's clutching onto his belt for dear life. Like, oh, no, don't take my belt. He He's... 
sarcastically clapping at the fans when he's on the apron. He's doing crazy guy faces. I'm just like, oh, God, this is shice. This is shice. Right. I, I don't feel quite so strongly about it. But, I'll, uh, it's, I'll, but I'll it's like it. this character that I thought was that at the peak of the, the Gargano feud before they kind of overdid it, it was like this these two characters that felt like every little thing they did was rooted in some sort of sense and some kind of uh, uh, tied to a previous thing they used to do together and, and, and stuff like that. And now it's just, now he's just like, I've, I, this, this run that, that I've seen has really made me think that I, I don't see Champa as a top guy at all. That's um, fair enough. And I, and I don't see him as any, not only not a top guy, but not necessarily even anything special on the main roster at all. Um, okay. Uh, you know, but I, but, I will say that I thought this match was was still a, a belter. Um, I thought it was very good. I, I definitely think it had um, things in it I didn't like. Um, I thought they lent far too heavily into the the Hogan stuff, and I'm not sure that I that's the real direction Dream needs to be going. It is doing almost like tribute act stuff, you know. It's, especially, yeah, I I agree, and also it wasn't just Hogan. He did he did the Red yeah the figure four on the post and he did the re- he did the regular figure four he did did he do some rock stuff did he i can't remember oh, there was another, there was, don't remember he, seeing rock he did the leg drop and he did he did something else that i can't remember uh but it was like all right we don't need you to be big show 2000 out here yeah um uh yeah but, like, I'm, um, I'm okay with him like wearing the ring attire but when he starts doing like the the hulking up spot and the big boot into the leg drop it's like why? What's the point of it here? And how did no one kind of step in and go? Maybe don't do that. <laughs> Maybe just do like because that. If it was just a straight Velveteen Dream Tommaso Ciampa match, I think I would have been more on board. But I don't know. I, I I didn't enjoy that, and I just felt generally that it was it was like a gear below the previous match. I think there was still some very good stuff in there, but I I would kind of consider it. Like a seven out of ten, eight out of ten. Yeah, you know that kind yeah, of range. I, seven five. And it's a shame because I feel like the tail end of the match made it feel like it was a ten. You know what I mean? Like it was like the the, the home stretch of that match was incredible. But like you say, yeah, there was there was too much stuff early on that I wasn't into. Uh, Dream Dream was incredible though. But one thing I will say though is that they Dream fucking hoard out his finishers. I feel like in this match and got nothing out of it. Uh, he got he, he hit his twisting DDT thing on the belt. I by, uh, by the way, I don't know why that wasn't a DQ. Referee looked right at it as it was happening. Well, he didn't bring uh, the belt in. He didn't touch the he, belt until the DDT. But he, I we that's been cause for disqualifications in the past. Still though, wasn't there a thing a few weeks ago where someone asked someone why there was it was a similar case and people were wondering why it wasn't a DQ. I feel like somebody like a WWE referee. On Twitter, said something like, "Oh, if if you don't bring the weapon in, something like that." I don't know. I, but I, I I I hate all those rules anyway. Like I, you know, people like being, especially especially when it's like, and everywhere is guilty of this. This is just a general wrestling thing that I hate. Like OTT does this as well. When, when like ten people run in on a match, but but 
they they you know one guy runs in and he gets thrown over the top rope a second guy runs in he gets a move done to him then someone on the other team runs in but he also doesn't hit his opponent so there's like people running in left right and center on matches and it's not thrown out immediately that just kind of irritates me but anyway i i digress on that yeah well uh, my, my pet peeve is the uh rope breaks in like fatal four-way matches in oh, OTT. that's yeah that's so annoying yeah but anyway uh like so dream hit his move on the on the belt that was a, a two count he, what i was really surprised he hit the elbow drop and that was a two count as well it's like jesus you've kind of what's the, i mean i was about to say what's the point it the the elbow drop finish uh got a or near fall got an incredible reaction i mean that was one of the best near falls all year um, and for, as you mentioned in your TV roundup, for a cold feud that they just sort of randomly heated up two weeks ago, uh, this crowd was buying Velveteen big time on that elbow drop. But I, I did think it was a bit crazy that, that he kicked out of it. Um, and uh, Dream uh, crashed and burned, missing an elbow drop uh, to the floor. Um, and Champa uh, hit a move on the steel divide between the two rings. Because, of course, by the way, this was NXT War Games, so yeah. there was two rings. Absolutely. And uh, he got Finn. Uh, move on the on the steel, not not a DQ as well, by the way. But, again, we'll leave that one go. Um, so, yeah, Champa retains. Uh, I wonder who beats him, especially since they've turned Gargano now. I wonder well, who I, do. I would assume Black next, since Alistair Black won his match. Uh, yeah, that makes sense, actually. actually. I forgot he's the one who actually lost the title to begin with, so, yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway... So that brings us to the main event, which was the um, what was it? It was the War Games. Uh, the War Games match. I think they had slightly tweaked rules from this from the last. Well, one. the last one, it, the last one was three different teams of three, and this one was two teams of four, because the last year's one was Authors of Pain and Roderick Strong versus Sanity versus Undisputed Era. Mm. So already they're kind of switching it up. Um, they did the same thing of, uh, you know, five minute, and then somebody will come out, and then three minute intervals, and then when everybody is in the match, then it starts. So, like last year, the first twenty minutes of the match are kind of pointless. Uh, that being said, I didn't find the first twenty minutes as boring as I did of with last year's one, because there's still some quite good stuff in there. Um, was a little bit over booked i think like they had the pete dunn locked in the cage for like a minute until they came out with a bolt cutter don't know what the point of that was yeah they got so what did the heels get out of um out of that like 60 seconds of of extra and if depth? and if pete dunn couldn't get out the match couldn't start anyway so they still couldn't win until he came into the ring so i don't know what the point was yeah, and my God, they loved telling you that the match hadn't officially started until until everyone got in. That was uh, that was not annoying at all. My my, I, and that's such a stupid. That's obviously some kind of I don't know, like I don't know if Vince isn't involved, but it's such a weird wrestling thing to hammer home. Just so you know, this match hasn't started. By the way, this match has not started. It's like okay, we'll break these wrestlers up who are fighting in the ring then, because because <laughs> they're fighting before the match has started. Yeah, you got these cunts running around in the cage, bashing each other's head in. You might want to get get in there, lads. Jesus. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I thought it was a bit over. I thought it's over long, and you know what? You know, people might get annoyed at this, but. I think I've just realized I don't like the, the War Games format because it's basically for people who, like, get off on, uh, oh, this match, it's so logical. It's so 
it's so sound. You got the heels getting the man advantage and doing a beatdown for twenty minutes. Well, no. What what would happen is, what would happen is, the heels would have the advantage for five minutes. Then a babyface would come out, and they would have the advantage for five minutes. Like the, whenever the extra babyface come out, they would take over for five minutes. Then, but I know. But then the heel yeah, for five they, minutes. Then the babyface again. Then the heel again. It was so kind of procedural. Yeah. And, and and it's just not my thing. And then it's like, the other thing is, well, uh, because, in case you didn't know, uh, the match actually hadn't started until all the participants were in. Exactly. Um, so, of course, there's no heat for anything because they're not, because there's no near falls, you know. Um, now, there was lots of cool shit in this match. I don't want to undersell it. Uh, we, of course, got the, uh, Ricochet did the Jack Evans. He did the old uh, uh, double moonsault off the top of the cage, yeah. um, which was a ludicrously cool thing. It looked tremendous. Ricochet was great in this match, getting thrown from one ring to the other and just just being a madman. But I I, I didn't like this match really when it was all said and done because it was fifty minutes, um, mm. of of like five cool spots spread out in a really horribly paced match with rules that I don't give a shit about. Yeah, um, I don't. They did that, I don't. I didn't like their X Men stare down as well at the end. That was really <laughs> shitty. I kind of did like that. I don't disagree with you necessarily. I I did enjoy the match, but uh, like you, I feel like the the structure of the war games doesn't really work. Um, the matches the matches is very long. You have uh, as as we pointed out, twenty minutes of inconsequential action before the match officially begins, whatever that means. Uh, when Pete Dunne came out, you then had a good five minute stretch where nothing happened except they loaded the ring with weapons. Um, just do a fucking lethal lockdown or something then. Because the momentum match just stopped dead while they fumbled with fucking putting tables in the ring and ten trash cans and it just went forever. Um, and I found the ending a little bit anticlimactic. Mm. Where after everything, uh, Pete Dunne just hit the bitter end in the other ring and Ricochet did a 450. That was it. That, that was kind of a lot of this show was... Um... Guys kicking out of 10 million moves, and then the match is just sort of ending, mm. uh, which is weird. But yeah, uh, Team OTT picked up the win anyway. Um, <laughs> yeah. The, what, and to be fair, even though the, the finish, they kind of missed the 450, I couldn't tell what movie did. Uh, during the match, I thought there was some very good camera work. I particularly liked where I think Kyle O'Reilly speared one of maybe Ray Rowe through a table. And the camera kind of followed him as he went. It looked super cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, hmm, I don't know. Match match was... I, I quite enjoyed it. I thought it was fine. There were some cool spots in there. That's kind of what I expect War Games to be, really. But it is very long. Yeah. Granted. Uh, but, you know, it, it was to take over. It was, it was you know, a solid show overall. And, yeah, we had uh, um, only, only one debut in the crowd, X-Pac and his little dog. And it... And his little dog, yeah, the most over dog in wrestling now. Sorry, Road. <laughs> and uh, uh, no blood this year. No. Oh yeah, poor uh, Wolf. Yeah, Head Wolf. Split up. <laughs> former former Ring Camp member. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah, him yeah. and the guy who is now Marcel Barthel in in NXT. Axel Dieter. I I wish I think you would have loved him. I wish we got it. I don't think we got it. No, we didn't. We never got him in OTT. Um, him and Walter 
had a match with Travis Banks and TK Cooper that would blow your mind. And yes, even though it involves TK Cooper. Um, Fair enough. It was a, but anyway, that's, we digress. No, no, no need for OTT talk this week. Cause we got no news really. Um, uh, yeah. Right. So I think that's going to do it for this, uh, for this week's show. Fun show. I thought, uh, Joe yeah. back next week. Hopefully. Do we have any, any update on park in Dublin? How did that go? Uh, I heard that the match was fine. <laughs> Fair enough. I heard it was about 200 people. I heard the rest of the show was not that good. Not spectacularly horrible, but not that good. And then the main event, which was uh, Tucker versus Pack versus Joe Coffey versus Alexander Dean in what looks like a really solid attempt at making Pack as uninteresting as possible. Um, uh, I heard that that was a okay match and that he was okay in it. Um, and that uh, Courage announced they're back on the 15th, I think, which is the day before OTT in, in Belfast. So, so they're running Dublin, even if OTT is not. Um, mm. And they're doing TK Cooper versus Tucker. Um, you know, I think I think we mentioned this the other week when we were talking about this. It's like now that all the controversy around Courage is uh, surrounding that first show is kind of gone. I don't have like a beef with them. I wouldn't have a problem supporting them in theory, but they ain't doing anything to get me out to swords with uh, with that matchmaking. Yeah. Um, they seem kind of intent on building around TK Cooper, and it's not my uh, it's not my bag. So, um, but yeah, uh, OTT posted today that they'll have further information on their uh, their Pac show in February soon. News coming. Uh, up. I I would assume it's it's Sure Road, but they haven't said, and the poster just says February seventeenth. It does not say anything further. Uh, one thing I noticed, I, I I feel like I was very late to the party on this. I went to sort accommodation for that show um, uh, during the week, mm. and I only noticed when I was booking it that it's a, a Sunday. Oh, so I didn't come onto that. I yeah, I, I wonder if maybe there's a new venue on the table or or what. But we'll we'll, we'll see. Obviously, we'll follow up on this mm. show if there's any news on that. But um, so I'll have to. I can't put in the dates until the new year. But January first, I got to remember to book that Monday off. Um, yeah. So um, uh, we'll be back next week, hopefully with with uh, Joe back in tow. Uh, I'll probably have some follow up Hitman thoughts, maybe a Grinch review. Watch this space. Ooh, uh, 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 probably have more TV golf. Hopefully we can get some more thoughts from uh, Paul on the old Hill House, um, yeah. and uh, maybe have some more uh, video game chats. See if we get any more hot deals over the over the Black Friday break. And uh, Survivor Series thoughts. I am at least. I feel like Survivor Series, despite some of the wacky booking the last few years, has had some solid matches. I think I think uh, Rousey versus Charlotte is interesting, and I think Brock versus Brian. Okay, that that was one of the dream matches when Brian came back. So we'll, we might touch on that next week. We'll see. Um, and yeah, I think that's it. Really. So chairshoppodcast.com if you want to uh, dive into the archive or you want to send us an email. Chairshoppod on Twitter um, is where you can also contribute. And uh, I think that's going to do it for now. So uh, Paul. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's going to be goodbye from me. It's going to be goodbye from you. Goodbye. And it's going to be a see you later. Thanks, folks. Goodbye.